Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show this week with Dr. Brian Forrest. And Dr. Forrest, you have a special guest you'll be introducing soon. If people want more information about today's show or they want to find out information about your practice, where can they find it? If listeners want to send general, non-emergent questions and possibly have their question answered on the show, they can go to our website at accesshealthradio.com. They can also send an email directly to accesshealthradio at gmail.com with their contact information. Uh, make sure you include that so we can thank you for the questions you send us. And if you'd like information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, you can go to acchealth.com. That's A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Or you can call 919-363-0190. This week on Access Health Radio, we're pleased again to have audio prostologist Victoria Bratan back again from Down East Hearing Care Associates. And Victoria, what will you be discussing today? So today we're going to talk about is auditory deprivation. Auditory deprivation is when your brain loses the ability to understand speech for its true value. So if someone, for instance, was saying, come on, honey, let's go to church, you might hear search instead of church, which changes the meaning of the sentence. And that's called auditory deprivation. The thing is, it gets worse over time. Even though the person's hearing loss itself or the threshold, the damage to the inner ear itself doesn't move, it is stable, the brain loses the ability to identify these these sounds. And so it loses the ability to understand speech. So instead of one word being an issue, it becomes words become an issue. Or when noise comes in into the environment, it just wipes the person out. They can't understand anything that's being said because the noise is too competitive. So that's called auditory deprivation. I hear you, but I don't understand you. And that's how a lot of people uh, are dealing with a hearing impairment. They'll say, I'll wait till I don't hear anymore and then I'll fix it. No, you don't want to do that because then it becomes hard for me to do my job and help rehabilitate you back to where you need to be. Hearing instruments, uh, rehabilitation will not give you back what God gave you, but it can make your world a whole lot better than what you're actually dealing with on a daily basis without any type of assistance. Victoria, isn't it like 36 million Americans suffer some type of hearing loss? Uh, The problem is that if you ignore it, you have a greater chance of getting dementia. Explain why that is. Yeah, about between about 20 to 30 percent will eventually start forming the signs of dementia. It messes with the mind. You have to remember your, your ears only collect the sound. Your mind, your brain actually does the processing. So over a period of time, your brain not being active in that area the way it should be, it loses that ability. Mm-hmm. And then it's, those become an issue. And some patients are actually misdiagnosed. They may go to the family doctor and the family are saying, Mama's not understanding me. Mama's coming up with weird stuff or Mama didn't reply properly. And they say, oh, well, she's got dementia. No, no. A lot of times when a patient is tested, they come to find out the patient actually has a hearing impairment. And if they fix the impairment, you're going to find that parent coming back in or that person coming back in and actually participating again in what's going on around them. They don't have that I'm lost look or I'm going to withdraw from people because I'm not understanding them. I'm going to feel like an idiot if I try to respond and I, I say something different than what they're actually talking about. So they start pulling away. But you'll start finding as people get fitted, 
properly and they're fitted with technology that they're comfortable with that meets their lifestyle, they start coming out of that shell. The interesting thing about audio deprivation is the sooner you try to correct that hearing loss, the better you'll respond to treatment. Isn't that the case? Yes, sir, because you're rehabilitating the brain. You're giving back the brain the information that it needs to process. So you're going to go from, as I, I, I explain it like with my patients, it's like going from a dark room to a bright room. If you're in this dark room, lights are turned off, you're sitting in here, your eyes will adapt. Now the lighting that comes through the window gives you a little bit more lighting because now your eyes are adapting. But now if you step out of this room and you step out into the real world where the sun's bright, you almost immediately close your eyes because of the light being so bright. Same thing with with hearing instruments. When patients go a long period of time without hearing and hearing and hearing, the brain adapts to that and gets used to not hearing. And then when you give it to it, it's like walking out into that bright sunlight. Everything's coming at you at one time, and your brain says, "Woo! what do you want me to do with all of this? Mm -hmm. So that's where the brain has to learn how to rehabilitate again and learn how to hear again. So it takes, for some individuals, can adapt very quickly, if they catch this at an early stage, if it person has gone 20, 25 years without hearing properly and now you're trying to fix them, it might take them six months to a year to get where they need to be. But they want gratification now. They want instant gratification now. They want to know, I put that hearing aid in today, I'm going to hear today. That doesn't happen for everyone. But if that person is 0% understanding without amplification and you put an instrument on them and they have 70% understanding, that's a massive improvement. Mm -hmm. Even though they're not 100%, they're still going to miss some percentages. They're going to miss some situations. Uh, most of them can do well in quiet when there's really no noises competitive and they can see the person's face when they had that 0% understanding, mm -hmm. they can get up to that 70%. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you add that noise in, the person may drop to 60 to 50% because they're have now competing with other sounds. The brain isn't going to process the information the way it would if you had normal ears. So now it's trying to function with what you're giving it. So we have to go in statistically and say, this is where we see your problems. This is what we're measuring objectively. Now, what we have to do is statistically set this product where we think you need to be, and then you have to go out in the real world, come back in and tell us what you're liking and you're not liking, and then we can start fine-tuning and, and adjusting the instrument more to what you need it to do. Mm -hmm. And some patients, they understand that, and some patients don't. Um, some come in and say, well, I thought this was going to be perfect. No, we never said it was going to be perfect. It's going to be better than what you've been dealing with. Let's fix what you have. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, most of the time, patients are going to be very successful. As long as they have realistic expectations of what's really going to happen. Um, and as long as that realistic, realistic expectation is there, a lot of times they are successful because they will wear it every day. We want the patient wearing at least eight hours a day preferably 16 hours a day, but at least eight so the brain doesn't go on that yo-yo right. of hearing, not hearing, hearing, not hearing. The brain really needs that information in order to rehabilitate. So when we explain that to our patients and they fully understand it, they would do whatever they got to do. They'll do their rehabilitation like they're supposed to. They'll wear their products like they're supposed to. They'll, they'll correspond with us like they're supposed to. They'll, they'll stay in touch with us and let us know what's going on so we can do our job. We have other patients that wait way too long, 30 to 35 years without hearing. Yes, over time, and then it becomes not just a mild loss. It might have been mild at first, and then it becomes moderate, and then moderate to severe, and then severe to profound, and then deaf. 
then the person doesn't hear anymore. So over a period of time, the hair cells themselves need to be stimulated. It's about like you sitting in that chair, and I tell you not to get up for five years. And then I tell you stand up. Your body can't support that. Over a period of time, you're going to have some issues. So with the hearing instruments, what hearing aids do is they keep those hair cells stimulated so they're actually working. They don't just lay off and die. And that's what you don't want. You don't want them to lay off and die. So you just want them to stimulate. You want to make sure the information gets to the brain properly so the person doesn't have any auditory uh, deprivation issues. Interesting. Uh, this week in Access Health Radio, we have Victoria Brattan with us, audioprosthologist from Down East Hearing Care Associates and Hearing Aid Urgent Care at 3009 Village Park Drive in Nightdale and 1356 Benvenue Plaza in Rocky Mount. Find them on the web at downeasthearingcare.com. Up next, we'll learn about the causes of audio deprivation. This is Access Health Radio on FM 98.5 and AM 680 WPTF. Back again with audio prosthologist Victoria Brattan from Downey's Hearing Care Associates. As to the cause of audio deprivation, can some of those be environment? Yes, sir, it can. Uh, most people that are fitted with hearing instruments have what we call the sensory hearing loss. And most of the time, sensory hearing loss uh, can be noise-induced hearing loss, which is something that you do to yourself over a period of time. If you work um, construction, if you work with saws, hammers, uh, drills, uh, air guns, things of that sort, um, you don't think about these things until your hearing's about gone. Uh, Shooting. Uh, is a number one uh, reason why people lose their hearing. They're not protecting their ears properly. It only takes one shot, and your hearing can be gone completely. So we try to encourage patients, wear something. If it's a flange, if it's a, a foamy insert, if it's custom ear protection, if it's ear mold, something, even if it's a headset, something needs to go over those ears while you're dealing with these noises. You might think this one little shot, oh, no big deal. This is one little shot, and it's going to be fine. mm No, you're talking about permanent damage. Uh, Some patients with sensorineural loss that have noise-induced impairment, it's going to have ringing in their ears. And it might be a high kind of sound. Um, That's going to be more of a high-frequency issue. Uh, If it's more of a roar, more of a or more of a motorboat sound, uh, most of the time it's going to be a middle ear issue. So we kind of look at where's problems. Um, Is it medication-related, which also can come with that roar? Um, If it's middle ear issues, a lot of times it can also come with that shh kind of sound in the head. Mm -hmm. So we try to look at what is going to be the best interest for our patient. What is going to be the best thing for them? So if we see these issues, we're either going to address them ourselves or we try to find somebody that can help that patient instead of just saying there's nothing we can do. If you find yourself in an environment where you are constantly shouting so someone can hear you, can that lead to hearing loss? Yeah, that's called the lumbar effect. Um, you do that when there's noises that are much louder. Uh, than what you feel is to your own threshold or your own hearing threshold, and you tend to raise your voice. When you go to raise your voice, of course, most people are going to be able to hear you. So what we do with patients that do that, uh, dealing with the noises, we try to explain to put ear protection in your ears. Protect your ears while you can. If you're in an environment where you have to raise your voice, you're in a hazard situation for yourself. Uh, one is like concerts. Patients go out to concerts, have, you know, they love the music, they get in front of the speaker. Well, now they feel it in their chest. Well, you know what you're doing when it goes in the chest and you feel it in your chest? It means it's traveling through the bone. 
it travels through the bone, it's going, that's going to cause the most harm to you. So you want to make sure you protect yourself in all shapes or forms. And we try to encourage patients when they come in. We find out what their occupation is. We try to explain to them, in your occupation, these are things that could be an issue for you. You may want to consider this, this, or this. Mm -hmm. Uh, When it comes to the hearing part, I specialize in group rehabilitation and individual rehabilitation. So we go beyond just the hearing aid. We look at how can we make your life better? How is your lifestyle going to affect you when it comes to wearing a product? Mm -hmm. Or how's going to affect you with the impairment that you have over a period of time if you don't correct your issue. Mm-hmm. So those are things that we look at on overall. What happens if someone only experiences hearing loss in one ear? Is that of any special concern? Um, if a person has a one-sided hearing loss, uh, that is not good because that is not common. Most of the time, if you have a one-sided hearing loss, there's either going to be trauma to the ear a uh, person could possibly have a tumor growing. Uh, they could have pressure from something growing in the eighth cranial nerve area, uh, which could be causing an issue. So if it's, a uni- if it's unilateral, if it's one side, just one-sided loss, we, my Noel, we're going we're gonna to look at it. We're going to say, okay, what's going on here? Is this a medical condition that we need to address? We'd screen them first and decide where they need to go from that point. If they have a loss in the ear and ringing in only one ear, that would be the most concerned for me. That's the one I would want to know what's going on. If we don't see anything and it's a new type of loss, a lot of times we will refer the patient over to an ear, nose, and throat doctor or either a neurologist and let them look at them a little deeper and just to make sure that the patient's taken care of. Can hearing loss be hereditary? Uh, yes, sir. Hereditary type of loss is very common. The mother or the father have a hearing impairment passed on through to, you know, to the child. Sometimes it can jump generations. But most of the time if it's hereditary, you're going to have more than one person in your family that's going to be hearing impaired. Most time if it's hereditary, it's going to be middle ear conditions or either a hardening of the inner ear over a period of time. Uh, and those can be some major issues for a patient because if it hardens the inner ear, then those hair cells are definitely not going to function correctly. And we want to make sure that the patient understands that, that if you're fitted with a hearing aid, hearing aid will help you, but you will in no ways get the um, benefit that you would if you didn't have the hardening of the inner ear and just had a hearing impairment. Our final segment is coming up with Victoria. She could be reached at Down East Hearing Care Associates in Hearing Aid, Urgent Care in Nightdale and Rocky Mount. Online at downeasthearingcare.com. This is Access Health Radio on FM 98.5 and AM 680 WPTF. Back now for our final segment with audioprosthologist Victoria Brett-Tan with Down East Hearing Care Associates and Hearing Aid Urgent Care in Nightdale and Rocky Mount. Let's talk in the final moments here about all the technology that's available. Some of the patients, especially the younger generation, they want to wear the invisible hearing aids. They don't want nobody, they don't want anyone to know that they're wearing the hearing instruments. So we do have the invisible instruments and they are wireless. Um, A lot of times when the younger generation gets these instruments, they want something that's going to connect to their telephone so that they can hear the conversation through both ears or either listening to their music or their social media. So that's pretty popular. We can actually take the information and stream it from the telephone right into the person's ears. We do have devices that can connect to like your stereo or your TV. 
or any other audio output that you want to deal with that can actually send the information directly to the hearing aids. So when you've got that mother or that father that are rocking the house with the television because their hearing is so profound, then setting them up with hearing instruments that stream to the television would be a better bet for that individual versus putting a headset on them. And they say, well, we just put a headset on them to do fine. Well, actually, if the person has a sloping hearing loss and you put a headset on them and you're trying to give them just straight amplification, you're just making it louder, you're not making it better. If you can go in there and be more frequency specific for that individual, then it's going to sound natural, more comfortable for the individual. They're actually going to understand. So a lot of times it's not a matter of making it louder. It's just making sure those hair cells that are not functioning are set to be stimulated to be more of a normal range for that individual. So, yes, streaming is very popular. Um, a lot of our patients have instruments that they can actually program with their phone, with the iPhone. So you can get in there and sit in an environment and say, you know what? I normally have a problem hearing in this environment. I'm going to sit here and program it while I'm sitting here. And Yes, and you can get right into the app on your phone and get in there and call a sound point, go in and actually program the product while you're actually in that environment. And a lot of patients like that. So they can store it. They can go to, crack, say, they're in Cracker Barrel, and they go in and set their hearing aid that day. Well, two months from now, they go back to Cracker Barrel where they save that program on their phone for Cracker Barrel, named it Cracker Barrel. So all they have to do is hit that program, and boom, they're back on track again every time they walk into the environment. Like I said, it's not a mom-and-pop hearing aid. They're, they're not low amplifiers anymore. These are... Really, really good technology. And before we leave today, we wanted to let everyone know that you're open to help everyone you can, even if they didn't get their hearing aids from you. You, That's correct. I'm sad to say a lot of people have closed their doors since this pandemic. A lot of licensees are no longer fitting hearing instruments because of it. So we do have our doors open. We'll have our doors open. Um, I've had enough patients call me and fuss at me because I closed for a week and they're like, you have lost your mind. I need my hearing aids. I'm like, yes, sir. I will be there. I'm on my way. So I decided to keep my doors open, and um, I've kept my doors open, and we've stayed busy. Patients want that help, but there's a lot of people out there that did not stay open, and they have closed their doors permanently. So I do want the community to know you do not have to buy a hearing aid from me to get help from me. Um, I don't price gouge. I don't overdo things. I try to be very specific what I do. I'm very competitive, but I do the work right, and, and that's my goal is to look out for the best interest of the patient that's hearing impaired. You've been listening to audioprosologist Victoria Bretan this week from Downey's Hearing Care Associates and Hearing Aid Urgent Care. You can reach her at 3009 Village Park Drive in Nightdale and 1356 Bevenue Plaza in Rocky Mount online at downeasthearingcare.com. Email Victoria at downeasthearing at yahoo.com. Thank you, Victoria. Dr. Forrest, back to you. Well, after the show, they can listen to an on-demand podcast at WPTF.com, and we also have links to that on our landing page at AccessHealthRadio.com. So if they have a family member they want to hear the show or they just want to hear something again, they can always do that. If they want information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, they can go to ACCHealth.com or call 919-363-0190. And if they want to send general non-emergent questions, they can send an email to accesshealthradio at gmail.com. Our scripture this week is from Second Chronicles 7, 13 through 14, where God said to Solomon, 
When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your help.